Hi, and welcome to another episode of Record Talk Listen. My name is Lydia, and thank you so much for joining me. On today's show, we feature Hayden Ort Alm from Basecamp Coffee. We were lucky enough to be able to go to the roasting facility. Um, it was a beautiful day, and the coffee um, roasting experience was fantastic, and it, the smell is um and you can't describe it it was just fantastic so Hayden is doing a wonderful thing and he is making some seriously delicious coffee um so he's roasting his own special blends and uh has it available at several different locations like um Shift and Frostburg um you can uh, drink a cup of his medium roast there and also purchase a bag of coffee if you can't live without it every morning um he is selling it downtown at Mountainside Creative um, and also every Thursday, he is bringing the coffee shop feel to the farmer's market in Cumberland. So he's going to have hot and cold brewed coffee and bags of coffee for sale there as well. So your best bet for the freshest cup of coffee in town is to seek out Hayden and Basecamp wherever you can. So without further ado, here is Hayden from Basecamp Coffee. Hayden from Basecamp Coffee. Hello. How's it going? Good. So Quite well. Thanks for coming out. No to, problem. To the roast lab. I'm really enjoying your roast <laughs> lab. It's pretty, uh, pretty spectacular. Yeah. It's on your farm that we've talked about for several podcast episodes. Yeah. So it's we finally beautiful. get to come out. It's a beautiful spot to on on nice days like this, which it's been raining for like 14 or 15 days. It's good to open up both doors, and it's a nice place to to sit and roast coffee and check out the the nice scenery. Yeah. So you we're staring at this roaster that looks like a mini steam engine. Yeah, I think it's kind of like steampunky, and uh, you can get them <laughs> with like different finishes. And I was like, "Ooh, brass! <laughs> that looks nice." Yeah, it looks great. Yeah. Um, so let's start. I guess at the beginning, you've had this secret for a long time, and now it's sort of out in the open. Yeah. Um, but you started. You had this idea of roast, roasting coffee, um, and how'd you come up with the name Basecamp? Basecamp is. Um, that's that's an idea that holds a couple different meanings to me. Um, I think that I've I've mentioned before on on uh, on your podcast that I kind of see uh, where we live as as a, a a grand base camp. I guess you could say like people could either own a second home here and visit it or travel around. Um, you know, people live and work here, but also take vacations down to the beach or out to the mountains or whatever. And it's, it's kind of nice. Um, so I see, like, where I live as my base camp, and I think that a couple other people see that as well. Um, looking forward with, with base camp coffee, um, I, I want my location to be um, my customer's, like, daily base camp. I want that to be somewhere where they can take a break from work, come down, enjoy, um, like, really good quality coffee, um, maybe, like, a little bit of something to eat, have Wi-Fi so that they can reconnect to the rest of the world you know or yeah. stay connected but n- nice little like hangout you know where they're, where they're not getting pestered by their jobs and stuff like that so <laughs> so a nice little uh, refuge yeah and it's with right good coffee the the future spot of it is right in a nice neighborhood um and it's right on right on the main street so it's easy to get to and stuff like that cool so can we disclose the street name yeah it's gonna be sorry it's That's gonna right. be um on green street uh, pretty close to Parkview Liquors and the um, the freeway exit, and kind of in between uh, Parkview and Pharmacare and Sheets. Nice. So, so I think that that's going to be like a nice little 
stretch of businesses and absolutely stuff and it's like that. easy on and off the highway yeah definitely. so if you're driving through cumberland you can always get a good cup of coffee yeah <laughs> which i met um a class that i went to recently in vermont i met um uh a guy there who runs three different cafes in dc called peregrine okay and he's he was like oh did you say you were from cumberland and this always happens like it's you know Without never fails fail, yeah. like <laughs> you know you go somewhere there's like two dudes from france there's two canadians there's people from boston california and this guy from uh dc recognized you know oh you're from cumberland and uh he's like man my my family um has has some land up in Myersdale, and I drive through Cumberland at least three times a year, and I've been looking for some good coffee in that town, and I was like, well, here I am. Like, <laughs> yeah. I hope you got his number, because in that way... You yeah, got his business card. Nice. Good. So, um, you're working on that building. Mm-hmm. You got you purchased the building. It's Yep. You're and, rocking uh, it out there. The the downstairs was a, was a retail store, um, but I've, I've essentially, and I, a lot of people know this already, but I've essentially been... Um, gutting the building and bringing it down to its its bones, and its bones are really nice. A lot of brick, wood, um, really open space for a nice cafe floor uh, floor plan. And my my hope is to have uh, this roaster that we're standing in front of now as kind of like the a showpiece in the cafe. And it's a pretty small roasting machine. Um, so people can like peek in and yeah, see. Yeah, they can peek in. I can if somebody's interested in carrying Base Camp Coffee Company at their restaurant or their cafe. You know, I would I would um, hope to invite them over so we can do a roast and it's that that size. You know, is small enough to do one batch and yeah. You know, so if a certain person wants a specific blend, you can kind of like help them Definitely. figure out what that might be. Yeah, before before I throw it in the the fifty pound at a time machine. Right? You know? <laughs> Um, this one does four and a half pounds at a time. It's okay. a two kilo roaster. Um, and that's, that's a good size for what I'm doing, uh, now. Now they do make like countertop sized roasters. So if somebody's listening to this and thinking like, oh, I'm, I might want to roast my own coffee. There are like smaller. There are smaller ones. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You, you gotta be really into it to get a countertop roaster. They run about like. 3,000, 3,500, wow. you know what I mean? So you really want to have, you yeah. really want to do it then. The, the reason for countertop roasters is when you, when you buy green coffee in, they, um, a good company will send you a sample. Okay. And that's why they call them the small ones, sample roasters, um, that they send you just enough. I think it's like 200 grams or something like that to, so that you can go through the green bean and check it for defects and, um, and then you can roast it up and see what it tastes like. Yeah. Um, and that's that's really nice. Uh, the company that I go with right now, I'm really happy that they they do that for me. Um, send me a green a green bean sample. Um, but yeah, that's why people have countertop roasters. Um, most most home roasters, which is how I started out, they roast on a popcorn popper, like really? with the, the big metal bucket with the yeah. wooden handle, and then you crank it. Yeah. Okay. To so, keep it from burning. And yeah. Nice. It's it's a little um, like rustic or rudimentary, but it definitely gets the job done. Yeah, and like labor intensive. Yeah, and <laughs> it's really like there's a lot of variables to it. If if you're standing out by your grill in in December and the wind snows blowing, like your coffee is going to taste different than it would if it's 85 degrees and maybe even like humid or something like that. So environment definitely plays a part in the taste of the coffee it when d- it's being roasted. It does, and it it does even on a machine like this. Um, there's a lot of fine instrumentation that you have to pay attention to and you have to consider, you know, your, my elevation, um, 
the the ambient temperature around the roaster, um, stuff like that. So it's 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 a little bit of thought before you put a load in the in the machine here. Yeah, so that's good. So how did you get interested in coffee? Obviously, you're a coffee drinker. <laughs> I I became a coffee drinker um, on on a cross country bike ride I did, and it was like your <laughs> your day doesn't start you know without without coffee and you don't get on that bike and do your first 25 miles without coffee. And then I became like knowledgeable about coffee from living in Seattle and not being able to find a, uh, find a job at like any of the 70 places I applied for, um, <laughs> uh, until one, one cafe, uh, and pie bakery hired me. And, um, and when you're on a main street in Seattle, like you got to know about coffee. So through, yeah. through YouTube videos and talking to other baristas and stuff like that, I, I learned, you know, and that's even where I learned like the coffee even got roasted, that yeah. it became a green, that it was a green was bean green. and then you roast it up. Like I had no idea. Um, and then I found a coffee shop that I really liked that had a giant, uh, old, like German made, uh, Probat is, is one of the really popular coffee roasting machine mm -hmm. names. Um, it was huge. It had a date on it, 1946. Um, and the guy just, always ran around, was dumping giant loads of green coffee into the machine. And I, I went there, that was my cafe. I went there like every other morning and sat like right at the counter and drank my coffee and watched him make the coffee that and I was... said, I, I want to do that one day. I, it was pretty interesting to me. Yeah, it was like a neat thing. And, um, and then I got like really weirdly into coffee, you know, like as any... Snobbish? <laughs> Snobbish in a way with coffee? I mean, I think that... It's okay. I think that it's good to know what you're talking about, but I don't. I don't know if it's okay to 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 flex your knowledge just just so that you can, you know. Well, <laughs> I mean, I think in your instance, it's good to have the knowledge. You to definitely, flex. yeah. You're in the you're in the position to do that because <laughs> so, you're the coffee roaster. <laughs> <laughs> Snobby. I, I don't know if I would have. I don't know if I've gone there yet. Well, there are people with coffee snobs for sure. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I. I Classified Tim and I's coffee. We are coffee snobs. You guys are coffee snobs? Uh, openly and admittedly coffee snobs. All right. Well, maybe I'll join the ranks. Yeah. yeah it's good. It's, the water's nice and warm. You should come on it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the process of roasting coffee, uh, you get your beans. They're green. They come in really nice jute bags. Yeah. And uh, they, uh, it's just like wine, depending on where they come from or where the bean is grown in the process. Uh, changes the flavor profile. Definitely. Um, there, it, there's a couple different ways they come shipped, um, and I, I take that into account when I when I purchase beans, depending on what area of the world they come from. Um, there's straight jute bags, which are like the big burlap sacks that you're imagining. You know, mm -hmm. they're they're about 150 to 180 pounds. Um, what I like is they come straight into Cumberland, which is nice. That's I, awesome. I never would have thought that I can just drive down like to, you know, just drive down the road and pick them up, but huh. I, I got it. So there's that, there's the, there's the straight, um, burlap bag. There's something called grain pro, which is okay. like a, it's a burlap bag. And then there's like a plastic bag. And then there are ones that come with the vacuum Vacuum seal. sealed. Okay. Um, and you, um, there's vacuum sealed. And then there's also like the one way breather valve that you would see in the bags of coffee that you buy in the store. Right, so you yeah. can smell the aroma. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in the in the green bags, all that does is it just lets oxygen out, at, but not back in. And okay. oxygen is like the killer of all 
fresh foods. You know, yeah. it's like once the oxygen hits it, it starts to decay. Mm-hmm. It's the same way with green beans. So, okay. Yeah. So uh, you have 150-pound bags of beans. Mm-hmm. How, how do you transport them? I mean, it's you just uh, like throw them over your shoulder, but so. you do it in smaller <laughs> batches. So you're not. Are you doing 150 pounds of coffee at one particular time? Like. Um, no, I mean, no. if some if somebody were to order it, I, you, you would know, do it. I'll break it down and do it, I guess. <laughs> but um, I usually fill up um, like five gallon food grade buckets um, with with the coffee, and that's usually enough to get me through through a roast. I have uh, four different varieties right now, and I'll fill them up, fill all the buckets up. Mm-hmm. I'll bring them down to the roast lab, um, which I don't keep my green in the same place that I roast because the temperatures in here change so drastically with okay this machine gets it really hot you know or it could be a cold or humid day so i don't i, I keep them in a temperature controlled room um and then i bring them to the roast lab and um i weigh everything out and then uh pre-blend it if it's a if it's a blend like like base camp's house blend um and then i and then i go about roasting it cool yeah. so uh how long does it take to roast it takes um anywhere between 10 to 16 minutes and that's actually a scientific that's not time. long at all why did i think it was such a longer like a long process i'm not sure i mean i yeah i was i was pretty surprised that it's a short process too yeah and um there's a lot of like there's a lot of scientific uh reasons like why it's that time in particular if if you hit certain points within the roast before uh certain times then you've you've baked the coffee uh same thing if you hit temperatures after a certain time you know you um your your flavors just aren't going to be right and stuff like that so so it's depending on like the altitude of where the bean was grown how it was processed what size the bean is and how big your batch size is Mm -hmm. um it's anywhere between 12 and 16 minutes that's awesome yeah but the whole thing start to finish yeah from when you drop it to when you let it out of the machine and then I, I generally like go. I, I generally like put it in the cooling bin of the roaster about a minute before where I really want it to be at because it's still there's so much energy in the bean that it's still roasting and okay. and then you just try and cool it down as, as quickly as you can. So it's sort of like if you have a cast iron pan, you move it off the flame, it's still still cooking. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So similar situation. So. Uh, we're going to roast some coffee today. Definitely. I'm going to make you guys um, a, a blend that I've been working on. Cool. Um, it's going to be my espresso blend. Nice. Uh, when I roll it out, you guys are first first uh, testers first of it. First testers? Um, you do not need an espresso machine to drink an espresso blend. That's very true. Um, it's just I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to design it for those that you know do have an espresso machine or if there's a cafe that's interested in carrying my espresso line. This would be uh, a good one to, to put through your espresso machine. But, cool. um, you know, my favorite brew method is the, the pour over. Um, like Chemex? Chemex. I, I yeah. use a Chemex. Um, I, I like that because it traps a lot of like, now some people will say it traps the flavors, like the oils and yeah. stuff, but it does your stomach a, a, a benefit and a favor. Because uh, it helps with the acidity level. Yeah, yeah. It, traps, it traps some of the oils. Um, that, you know, sometimes upsets people's stomachs. Mm-hmm. Um, a French press I will do maybe like a couple times a week because that is a much like, it's a bolder, well, it's, it's a more like viscous body of the coffee. Yeah. Um, it does have some some more flavors that come through. Um, and it's, this sounds weird, but it is like more of a coffee drinking experience, you know? Like, well, right. Yeah. 
Yeah, because you can like pour it over in a big thing. And yeah, it, yeah. It stays hotter longer, um, and like like I do Chemex and pour over because like coffee is I need it to start my day, and that's a yeah. quick process. And I drink it before it gets cold, and like I'm off, you know. Right, but, exactly. But a French press takes a little bit more time and a little bit more uh, thought to do, and it's a little more bit more like preparation. Yeah, exactly. It's more of like a sit down. Let's have a nice discussion over a meeting kind of a situation. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, well, you've had coffee out of our system and it's an automatic print French press. So you just hit the button and then you're done. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's nice. So it is nice. You don't have to plan too much. No, we just wake up and hit a button yeah. and then um, enjoy our coffee readily. So that's great. So we're going to actually take a little bit of a video so we can see exactly what's happening. And um, so I guess we should, you want to get roasting? Yeah, definitely. Cool. So we're going to mix together um, a Brazilian uh, bean. Which smells really good. Mm. That smells like a chocolate. For all you smellers out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't know, I didn't know like, how to... This is a smell-o-vision podcast. Yeah, that'll be a great leap in technology when that like, one that be thing great? can happen. You can when scratch you scratch like, stiff cards that come with and then you can just... <gasps> you can taste the things you see on TV. It'll be awesome. <laughs> Can't wait. Um, this is a naturally processed Ethiopian bean. Okay. And it's a it's a pretty popular bean from uh, Yurgachev, but it's a little bit rare because <clears throat> you don't find uh, what they call natural or dry processed beans out of Yurgachev too often. And that what that means, the natural, the dry process, it means that the, the cherry was picked off of the tree or the shrub and then it was allowed to dry onto the bean before it was hauled off of it. So natural or, or, uh, or dry processed beans will uh, have more of a fruity flavor. Um, okay. And it'll, it's, it's a little, when it picks up roast flavors, they taste a little bit different, more sweet, more cherry, stuff like that. Okay. And then this is also, um, this is a Brazilian bean, and that's also natural process. So we're going to blend the two. Um, All right. Brazilian's a good... Uh, carrier. Okay, do the Ethiopian first. Okay. So Ethiopian is going to add that that fruity sweet flavor that I was talking about. And we're going to add less Ethiopian. And use the Brazilian to kind of carry the body of the coffee, which is kind of like how it uh, sounds weird, but how it feels when you drink it, you know. Mouthfeel. A lot of people do call it the mouthfeel. Is that a wine term too? I think so. I think it's a food term. Food term. Yeah. So yeah. That's like viscosity and like um, and just how thick it is and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So Brazilian's going to add that, um, and Ethiopian's going to give give it a nice brightness and kind of a floral. Fruity uh, taste. <laughs> and then uh, come over from the mixing station. We load it up into the, the hopper. Okay. And we have our uh, coffee. We have our uh, so the way the the way the roaster works is it's um 
It's a spinning drum that's kind of uh, jacketed in hot air. And the hot air is um, underneath the drum. There's six burners that run on propane right now. Um, and they, you know, they, they, heat, they heat the drum up, they heat the air around it up. And then it's kind of just like a, a, a game to keep the temperatures and the drum speed and the airflow just all at the perfect rate and speed and temperature to, uh, to come out with a nice finished product. Cool. So what's the starting temperature? I drop it, uh, for this particular blend, I drop it 385 Fahrenheit, okay. and that's wow. that's based on um, the altitude of the bean and, like I said, um, the, uh, the processing of the bean, too. So this part of the roast is, is uh, pivotal and takes takes a good amount of concentration, so I might not be talking. So That's cool. okay. I like to make sure everything works before I do it. We're just going to let the temperature come up. And this part's cool. This part is not. <laughs> So the, ba the back, there's a vent, and yeah. then the front warms up. So you open the hatch, and that just fell in the drum, yeah? Right, so I have, I have the coffee in a hopper at the top, and I just open this hatch, and it falls down the chute, and now it's spinning in the drum. And what I'm doing is I'm watching... Uh, I'm watching the energy that the metal of the drum held uh, transfer into the coffee bean itself, and I'm just watching that register as temperatures plummeting. Okay. <laughs> so my, my bean temperature probe is just, it's going down quick right now. Um, I try not to let it get below a certain temperature, which is, we're going to ride that fine line right now. Okay. So how long did this take you to perfect? Ooh. You're spot on. You're spot on. Um, it takes a minute, and I've 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 messed up a couple good roasts, but learning curve. Yeah. Did you film it? I was. Okay. It's pretty. This is a hard spot. But you want to switch spots with me? Super backlit. Well, the where we how we. As it picks up heat, you know, I speed up the drum so it picks it up less quickly. And that's all kind of going into that decreasing rate of rise. This would be a good time to ask questions because now we got minutes. We got minutes yeah. now? Okay, so where can people buy your coffee? Um, I sell, right now I sell at, um, on consignment and at three different retail locations. Okay. Mountain Shine or Mountainside Creative. Uh, she's in the process of cha actually changing the name of that shop okay. from Mountainside to Mountain Shine. Um, so that's on Liberty Street in Cumberland, and that's like right next to Coney Island Wieners and City Hall. Okay. Uh, European Desserts and More is at Canal Place. He's a really cool dude. He makes awesome desserts. Yeah. Um, that like I I can't find stuff that he has like anywhere else around yeah. really. Um, and I sell it Shift, and Shift brews a medium house blend and also sells off the shelf. And if you haven't tried their food yet, that's... It's pretty good. Yeah. It just came on the podcast, and she's an episode, so yeah. listen to that. Um, so 
If people want to, you sold a farmer's market, winter farmer's market too, yeah? Yeah, winter's farmer's market was really, um, really fun for me to like break in to the, uh, to selling. I didn't know like how it was going to go at all. And I was, I was lucky to have like an outlet like that in January when I launched. It's kind of, it's a really weird time of the year to launch, but, um, I was, I was lucky that Frostburg winter farmer's market was happening and, um, everybody was extremely receptive of having me there. Um, I, I picked up, um, a customer base, which I didn't really expect, but I had people returning, um, you know, just to, just to come to the coffee base camp coffee stand. And, um, and that, that's, you know, spurred me to, uh, put in all my applications and all my health department, you know, things for, um, for the, uh, Allegheny County, uh, farmer's market, which happens like downtown Cumberland, uh, the country club mall and at Frostburg at city place. So you can expect to see me on Thursday in downtown Cumberland. And I am excited to say that I will be cold brewing my coffee, which is, um, something that I haven't really seen a true cold brew, um, around here. Um, that that's like coffee. That's not over ice. It's not, it's not coffee that's ever been hot. Um, let me, let me rephrase that. Cold brew is coffee that's never been brewed hot. It's a long extraction period with like room temperature to cold water. Um, people do it about 18 to 24 hours. Um, and it cuts down on acidity that, that affects people's stomach in an adverse way. Um, it's naturally sweeter because it, it doesn't have the hot water drawing out oils like bitter or, or acidic oils. It draws out like more of the sugars, I guess, in beans. Um, and it's nice. It's a lot nicer on like a summer day than like a really hot coffee. And it's totally different flavor too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and it's like packs a little bit more of a wallet because oh, it's a concentrate. Oh, my goodness. Yes, you know? yeah, it does. So totally. when you drink a cold brew, um, the way I'll serve it is on a cup with ice, and I'll, I'll fill it up about half to two-thirds full, and then you can make your choice whether you want to go with water or cream and sugar or milk, you know, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, Good. So I don't know if you guys have noticed, but during this roast process, the color of the beans has changed already drastically. Um, we're at about eight minutes. And we have a, instead of a green bean, we have a yellow bean. And that's, um, I, I, I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's called like Malinard effects. And it's okay. the same thing that happens to meat while it's cooking. Huh. As it browns, or as it gets hotter, it browns and it really, it starts releasing flavors and terpenes and alkalines and all, all sorts of things. Huh. Um, the beans are going to expand in size. Water right now is being boiled out of them. It's, uh, it's all very scientific and chemistry interesting. Awesome. Got a couple books if you uh, <laughs> if you're interested. Okay. Um, this is a testing spoon, so I can pull out samples of the coffee. Cool. Uh, you can look at them, smell them. Uh, takes a minute to get used to like what it should look and smell like at certain times and temperatures. And you have increased the drum speed, you know, as you've gone on, yeah. Yeah, as we've been talking, yeah. um, at I keep it at a pretty simple. Um, formula in my head two minutes it's a 20 percent three minutes 30 percent five minutes 50 percent and then i don't really go any higher than that okay and then kind of the same thing with the air speed the fan is like two minutes 20 percent air three minutes 30 um 
five minutes, you know, I'm, I'm running half heat, half air, and then at first crack or first pop, which is something that we're going to hear here in a little bit, uh, I do I do a couple more tweaks. Tweaks, yeah. Yeah. Well, that sounds exciting. You're going to have a lot of uh, um, abilities for people to find you during the summer months and really taste your coffee. Yeah, it's it's exci- I'm excited to have um, something that like I can be present with without being like without having to have a brick and mortar shop. Like that's really nice. I can I can um, introduce like what I'm what I want to bring everybody without having to be like fully in it. I guess yeah. you could say. Um, and, and you have long term goals for I your do, business. Yeah. yeah. I really I really want Basecamp to be. Um, a spot where people can go and have Wi-Fi, something cold to drink, some coffee, tea, something, something to eat in like a really nice, clean, modern atmosphere, and uh, be like right in town, so that it doesn't, you know, you don't have to travel too far to, to get a, a good product. Um, but I, I like being out on the street too. It's like yeah. you know, you, you really get to meet a lot of cool people, and you get to hear a lot of cool like suggestions, a lot of cool stories, thoughts. It's, it's nice. And it's also building up your clientele without having a uh, a building yet. Yeah. Um, a roast called Full City Plus. Okay. And that's that's a roaster's term for dark, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll hear, uh, just here in like any second now, we'll start hearing the beans pop and crack a lot like popcorn. Okay. And then... Um, after that is so right now we're in something called the nameless phase because nobody's figured out what to name it yet um, maybe after, you should come up with something yeah make the base camp phase super famous <laughs> the base camp phase so after after the nameless phase and first crack comes the development phase and that's where like the finesse and the um, kind of like what I'm gaining my experience in comes really into play um, and that's like how how long do you roast it? At what temperatures and stuff like that? So I don't know if you can hear it with your headphones on, but that's the popping. That is the popping. If I pull the spoon, you might be able to stick it up there and get it. Yeah, it sounds like popcorn. <laughs> yeah. So that right now is the water actually boiling out of the bean. And as as we do this, I just keep making adjustments to. Um, temperature, um, the amount of flame that I'm putting onto the bean. I'm actually decreasing the amount of flame that I put on the bean because, like I said, the, the energy that's been soaked up into the beans, it's now exploding, essentially, and, uh, and it's going to carry the roast on to the finish. So I'm going to switch the spot so I can look. So smell, like... There are, there are um, computer programs that I generally run to try and like keep it consistent, but I've found that, like, using the instruments that I have, which are, you know, sight and smell, that gives me a really a nice product. Um, so this is at about, it's a little shy of what I would consider a medium roast. Some people drink it this way. I think it tastes a little bit grassy. Okay. Um, and, like, actually you can, like, tell, you can taste, like, the green and the raw flavor in it. But some some people do enjoy it this way. I've heard and read that um, uh, hipsters in Ireland are currently drinking their coffee this green and that um, the manufacturers of the grinders 
that you use to grind coffee are getting really ticked off because they keep breaking the grinders and gumming them up. Because the, it's just not enough water content out of those? Yeah, it's just, okay. there's still too much water in the bean. So this is a really important phase of the, of the coffee. Um, we're in between first and second crack. So I'm going to be listening pretty carefully for second, which is actually, I'm starting to hear it, so. Okay, we're into, we're into second crack, which is a lot like Rice Krispies. <laughs> um, okay. And it, it goes pretty quick. Like right now I just dropped the coffee out of the heating drum and into the cooling drum and it's cracking in the tray. And like I said, I like to drop it a little bit before where I really want it to be, the finished product, because it still roasts, you know, as it's cooling. Um, this it is- smells amazing. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the freshest you can get right now. Um, so right now there's uh, the coffee dropped out of the uh, cooling tray. <clears throat> Sorry, the heating drum, and it's in the cooling tray. Um, there's air getting sucked from on top of it down through it as this kind of like armature thing spins around and agitates the beans. Um, what I'm doing as a roaster is looking for defects, things that they call Quakers, uh, which are white beans that may be sour. Okay. I'm looking for beans like this one that I found, which is um, over overly burnt. Okay. <laughs> One, one that uh, hit the drum a little too much. I'm looking for ones that are tipped, cratered. These are all, you know, industry terms, I guess you would say. Sure. But of course, this roast is perfect, and I don't, I don't see them. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it looks good. I don't see any Quakers. Right. No Quakers in this one. And, you know, you let this go for a little while. Um, well. I'll take my, my buckets. All right. I mean, like, I know during the roast, um, everything I said was pretty, like, like, obviously I've read up on it a little bit, and I yeah. went through it really fast because during certain times of the process, it goes fast. There are, like, a couple different seconds, you know, before, or there's a couple seconds before a couple different things happen. So one thing that I really want to do when Basecamp opens a cafe is have what they call cuppings, which is, um, you know, like you could, you could equate it to the wine tasting and have like tastings, but I, I want to sh demonstrate roasting to anybody that's interested. And then I want to have coffee that I've roasted a day before because it has to rest for a day. Um, I want to have cuppings, which is just coffee tastings. And then people can really see like, how it goes from being green to roasted, the different levels of roast, what the different levels of roast taste like, what the different um, bean varieties taste like. So that's that's something that I really want to offer. It's kind of a an educational uh, food and beverage experience, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so the beans are adequately cooled. And then from here, we just drop them from the cooling bin and into the buckets. And this thing's slick, like, when I was home roasting on the popcorn machine, this, this was like, 
when I got this, it was like a dream come true. It was like <laughs> every YouTube video I looked up right, right in my backyard now. Nice. And then I just bag it up and label it and take it to the market. For more information on what you've heard on today's show, make sure to head over to our website, and that is recordtacklesson.com. This is a first interactive podcast episode that we've done with Hayden, so make sure to check out um, his link, especially to find um, short video clips and some images that will go along with the sounds that you heard on today's show. And while you're there, make sure to discover all of the wonderful things our website has to offer, like all previous 74 episodes for you to listen to for free the easy click links that we have available on the right-hand side of the page for Stitcher, iTunes, and um, Google Play. We can also feature it on uh, Podcast Republic, which is a specific Android uh, listening app, so you can do that as well. Um, and there's a sponsor page, so there's a sponsor tab, so if you want to sponsor the show, if you think that your company would align with our podcast listeners, then uh, let us know. Also, um, there's a donate button. I don't know if anybody is familiar with it, but it's really great. You hit it and you support your local podcast. Worst case scenario. We always want to hear from our listeners. So if you are listening to the podcast, no matter where you are in the world, we want to hear from you. You can send us an email at recordtechlisten at gmail.com. You can also send us a message or a comment on Facebook and that's facebook.com slash recordtechlisten or we're on Twitter and it's at RTLpod. So make sure to hit us up on those three uh, platforms. We also are going to be dropping the third episode of the Relish podcast, and that features Mark Witt and Tim Gallagher. So if you haven't listened to that already, we highly encourage you to do that. And you can go and do that on their website, and that's relishpod.com. They're also on Twitter. So if you have a question and want to get to them quickly and get a good response, then uh, relishpod, at relishpod is their Twitter handle. This has been another episode of Record Talk Listen, where I hit record, people talk, and hopefully you listen. Until next time, thank you so much.